service um i'm summer krinsky i'm scott murphy this is i don't heart radio and this could be your next favorite band today we're talking about uh well we're talking about the general concept for the pod i do want to like we're getting new you know it's a growing thing yeah and i do want to reiterate that we're basically highlighting things that are coming out of um the deep, deep Bandcamp releases, trying to catch some stuff on its way up uh, that doesn't have like a huge amount of uh, press and following existing at this exact moment. Music that's underrated that is good. Good underrated music. And the and mix other is good. Stuff. And, and the songwriting is good. And the have a good mix. And we like it. And we love it. And we it. hope you do too. Um. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, we also play in a band called Summer Like the Season, and that band will be on a little tour coming up. We're going to be playing um, on the 16th in Pittsburgh at Collision. Collision. And then on September 17th, we'll be in New York City at Berlin. Um, that You can get the tickets for that. Link's in the uh, bio on our Instagram page. If you Which live is? in New York. What's what that Instagram page? Oh, at Summer Like the Season Music. And you can also follow this podcast on at I Don't Heart Radio Pod. And Scott, you can follow at a ton of underscore mastering. Awesome. Um, yeah, but uh, Summer Like the Season will be in New York on September 17th. If you're in the area, uh, it's going to be a sweet show. I'm really excited. We haven't been back to the East Coast in a long time. And then um, we're going to be playing around our hometown, Detroit, Michigan area. We're doing a show, a fundraiser for the wonderful place spread art it's a non-profit community uh music arts organization that um we absolutely love in the area they are doing a fundraiser to uh try to raise money so they can continue doing what they do which is throw incredible events for highlighting uh local artists um and so that is on september 24th mm-hmm and then on September 25th, we're playing uh, DIY Street Fair in Ferndale, Michigan. Uh, come the on out. The Flowbots. Remember the Flowbots, you guys? I don't ride my bike. I, I can ride my bike with the with no, with no handlebars. handlebars. It's us and them. <laughs> it's us and them. No, we're playing. Yeah, we're playing with the Flowbots. We're playing with Haley Hendricks. Um, I clap your hands, say yeah. Um, those are the some of the. Uh, national acts that are on it also the awesome detroit bands uh white bee uh mini horse from yeah. ypsilanti there it's just it's a stacked lineup and i mean it's come on it's the flow the flow bots i can't get out i can't get i can't, I can't get over yeah. i didn't know that the flow bots were out there flowing still and i'm so excited so if you're in uh ferndale september 25th yep uh i think the flow bots actually play on it's a week it's a whole weekend so I think they might be on Friday. Right. I think so Haley you... Hendricks and us are on the twenty fifth. Yes. Whatever. Come out. What do you what do you got to lose? What are you up to? Are you busy? No one's busy. You're listening to this. You yeah. can't be that busy. Can't be that busy. Also, you know, share this podcast and all those other things we mentioned. Yeah, if you share this on your social media, it makes a huge difference. You might think that, oh, I only have the um, you know five my, friends. Y- your five friends. If you won't Those stop talking matter. about yeah. us to them, uh, they'll either join you or they'll stop being your friends. And, and then you'll know that you only have two real friends. And that's uh, Summer that's and better. Scott. So, yeah, <laughs> please share. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, give it a five, five star. Stars. That puts it on the charts. Makes a huge difference. I know it's very annoying to hear over and over and over again. But if everyone who has listened to this did it, I wouldn't keep saying it. <laughs> yeah, Hell that's yeah. right. Yeah. We're getting aggressive. <laughs> um, I know that you're <laughs> listening to it, too. I know that people are listening to it, but so, you're not hitting share. You're not hitting like, comment, and subscribe. This is I like the see. one time I berated. We played in Ann Arbor at a, a college party, and everyone went outside to... Uh, it was a it was a bad it should have oh, been a yeah, DJ. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um they should have just had a DJ, but for some reason they asked us to drive all the way to Ann Arbor to play this show and no one wanted to hear a band. They all wanted to sit on the porch. And I 
and I yelled at our audience to <laughs> come inside. <laughs> it worked. They came inside. Anyway, um, like this podcast so I don't have to yell Keep at you. yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> the next it's next week convincing. it's just going to be an hour of us yelling at you. Um, Ugh, you turned it on. Maybe you need this. Let's um, do it. Maybe you want to be uh, told. Uh, I'm just. We could provide this service. Yeah. You can send us a picture of your dog, and we'll think nice thoughts about it and psychically heal it. And Correct. we could also we this. yell at you. Yeah. Whatever you need. You know. Whatever we can, we can yell at you. We cannot yell at you. Whatever you need to get your goals accomplished. Yes. I was actually just thinking about that a lot today because I, you know, as we keep doing this. We're going on week, I believe, 19. I think this which, is 19. You know, it, it might not be a lot to um, that many people, but we are, we're getting, we're working our way towards doing a half a year of these. Right. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I mean, it just is, it means a lot to be so consistent um, and keep, I guess, the thing I was thinking about a lot is just keeping your word to yourself. Yeah. And how hard that is to do. Oh, discipline is the key to anything. I was talking to a friend recently about, um, like, uh, there was someone that we knew that that's, like, 24, that's a life coach. And I was like, how can you get life coaching advice from a 24-year-old? What have they possibly done? That's to, insane. Yeah, but then my friend was explaining that, you know, it's not as much necessarily about wisdom as just having someone that's checking the, in with you and going, like, did buddy. you do it? Yeah, We're life coaches to each other. We kind of are. I was yeah. going to say, I was like, I don't think that I really need, I don't even think I would care what a stranger thought. It's more like, I don't want to let my friends down. Right. So we said we would do this. So here, here, we, here are. we are. <laughs> and let me tell you, sometimes it's not fun at all because this week's, I, I listen to so much music yeah, every week to, to like prep for this, uh, prep for this pod. Uh-huh. Um, this was a week of just sad men telling me about their feelings. Like, yeah. exclu- just like, click, here's my feelings. I'm a man. And those feelings are usually just like, wish I was fucking. And you know what? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. You don't want to hear about those uh, inner thoughts? Uh, I don't. It's really boring. Yeah. Well. So what I found instead uh, was Pixie. P-I-X-E-Y. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of really fun things happening here. Um, first off, England. The UK. Always able to pump out the pop vibes. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I really like it. It's not pop in a cheesy way. It's, right. it's pop in a... It really feels throwbacky. Like, th- this Pixie song that you showed me sounds like it could be a part of the... Um, 10 things i hate about you yes soundtrack oh, oh it's I'm very thinking, letters to cleo like uh I, I mean it's got just and i'm in the best way it yeah, has yeah, totally. a throwback to late 90s like super pop which i yeah like put it in clueless i just yeah. it feels like those movies to me it feels like that time period of movies and it's a it's a fucking vibe uh-huh. and it's uh it's fun um the song that i played was i'm just high it's the latest single uh, albums coming out in late October, and it's just such solid, solid. I it's something. It's a very England centric thing where they're able to pump out the the kind of giant shimmery pop, and it never sounds uh, forced. No, yeah, or, it's, yeah. It's very. It definitely feels just like really natural. It yeah. It doesn't feel like it's. It's doing that throwback thing, but it doesn't feel like in a disingenuous way at all. Yeah. It's very uh super authentic. Yeah. Which is which is the fun. I, I kinda I dug into the, you know, the Pixie universe. Yeah. Uh and she is a bedroom producer, which I think is very interesting, you know? Uh and like legitimately so. Like live streams it, does the whole thing, is producing uh, on this newest album, I think that all of the guitars, basses, kind of like instruments yep. are being done like in Pixie's bedroom, and then the sounds great drums and mixes are like studio time. Yeah, I mean, which pretty I similar is, to that's like the that's process. What we that's do. the summer, yeah. like the season process. That I play everything but the drums in my bedroom, um, and then we come to the studio for the. You just got it. Yeah, the drums. To. It just matters so much what room you're in. There's no, no escaping. No it. escaping it. I think we're gonna we're gonna do bass in here too. Yeah, but yeah. 
Which also, well, do you want to talk face. about that plan or am I interrupting? Uh, uh, no, let's uh, let's back half it. Okay. All right. Go on. So uh, Pixie's doing everything herself. There's some great interviews where um, she gets into the power of learning production, especially in what is a male-dominated industry. Yes. That, uh, you know the empowerment of just knowing how to use a DAW. Totally. And then you you don't have to um, constantly defend your vision. Uh, yes. I mean, that's such a huge thing. I feel like so lucky that um, I started li- using a DAW when I was like, li- like literally 12. And yeah. it was, it was because I just like wanted to figure out how to record my band. Um, but I now know so many female musicians that um, have confided in me and like one on one personally, especially when we're working together, that like they have they, they, they either ask me and I, I'm teaching them some stuff about it, how to use a DAW or they just ask me for advice on whoever they're wor- basically just produ- male producers not listening to them. Yeah. And not that that I'm not saying, you know, that is not everybody and it's not uh, across the board. Hashtag not all men. Hashtag not all men. However, um, it's a it's a issue that I've never run. I think I've been. It's like I would run into it. I've definitely yeah. worked with people that are not taking me seriously and not hearing what I'm saying. But I have the luxury of being like, okay, send me the stems and I'll just do it. Right. <laughs> and then I do it, you know. And then I I can create. I know how to create the sound that's in my head. Um, and then. They don't. It doesn't have to get interpreted through the lens of someone else, and that's so powerful. It's um, it's. I mean, it's just. It's really. If if you have the time and resources, there's so. I mean, the resources are out there as far as like YouTube videos and stuff. If you have the time to dedicate, if you're an artist, to at least getting familiar with a DAW, um, it's really empowering to be able to talk in about what you are wanting in the language of and recording engineering because um I, there's so much of people just not knowing how to articulate what's in their head and um that it, it's it's just if you want your vision to be able to be realized it's uh it's amazing time investment you know hell yeah it is <laughs> That's great. I, I fed you that prompt. I knew yeah. you would feel real. <laughs> I mean, I know it's hard. It's like, it's hard, especially, I think it is very unwomen friendly still. Yes. Uh, oh, may- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the music industry in general is unfriendly. Uh-huh. And then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just unfriendly to all. Uh, it's an unfriendly I mean, it's, time. It's an unfriendly place, which, you know, if you're one of those sad, sad boys that I listened to on Bandcamp this week and you're going like, it's tough for me too. I don't fuck all of the times that I want to fuck. <laughs> like, yes, I understand. It is also difficult for you. It's a tough industry, but it is tough and any sort of like systemic or social problem is just going to be magnified within it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, dudes be especially shitty <laughs> in the music industry. Yeah, I mean, uh, as told by countless people in the past, but even people uh, of the present, like everyone knows the Kesha story. Everyone, you know, these people that oh, and- have their own following are very well-known artists and have been... Oh, it's crazy because Dr. Luke still has production credits. Like, yeah, uh, absurd. Uh, from like last week, whatever was on the top ten, I remember someone was like, "Yeah, that, I mean, that's Dr. Luke still." Uh huh. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> stuff bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Pixie's good, and a huge <laughs> part of what is uh, driving it is just the fact that she is. Uh, handling all of the creative decisions. Which yeah, I was actually noticing. We I was talking to you about this off mic that like a lot of the uh, people that you've chosen to talk about on the podcast have. It's been some bands where it's a collaborative effort, but there's been a lot of like one person's vision. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really interesting. I think that sometimes that it's not necessary, but it's I think um, 
maybe it's often drawing your attention because it's really someone's world. It's so personal. Yeah, it's yeah. like their own personal world that they've constructed. And yeah, Pixie even like centers like when you go to like the YouTube, it's like welcome to the Pixie universe. Uh-huh. Is the you know what greets you? And I think that I mean I think that it comes and goes in cycles because like obviously collaborative efforts can create something super powerful and you know greater than the sum of its parts totally but i think that with the the way that everything is so cautious and afraid which is i mean it's the whole reason that i want to do this podcast is it just feels like everything feels so micromanaged and um you mean like of mainstream mainstream music, music. Yeah. uh and even not even mainstream music but even like indie band like you know yeah right we i mean we've talked yeah yeah that is i guess the problem is that the, the so quote unquote indie band scene is still feels it just it these- just feels like people are afraid to make decisions yeah. and it feels like everything is going through focus groups even even when, like, uh, you know, there's the fake indie bands of, like, industry plants and stuff, but even when you're just, like, talking to someone and you know that they're just doing it with, like, their four friends or whatever, right? there's still someone watched, like, a corporate mindset seminar somewhere down the line, and they're running their, like, literal indie band, like, they're trying to, uh, like, push it through market testing and stuff. Right. And it just totally sucks i i really think it's bad uh for for the end product well it It ends up with the you've sanded off all the edges it feels like compromise after compromise after compromise and that's just i don't think that it really works for engaging personal music which yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to uh, the bonus episode we did about, like, uh, AI and music. It's If AI is getting better and better at making music that sounds super polished and derivative, what is the point of humans doing that? I right. just don't understand. Yeah. Like, if... If, <laughs> if you could literally be replaced with a robot. Yes. Then maybe... We just let the then robots maybe do we it. let the robots and, and, do that, and, and there is a place for music. like you know you could have like hyper derivative music is great for like a Tide commercial or whatever because you don't want it to be engaging and personal while you learn how to clean your broom handles or whatever. Sure, I guess, but I would also argue uh, but that also the th- some of the ads that had like super groovy personal tunes, those are more. Uh, iconic. The ads you remember had a jingle yeah. that that stuck with people for years. A little pizzazz. Yeah. Give me a piece. Give me a piece. Yeah, I mean, that one's good. Yeah. Uh, now we just have like fucking 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Is that the problem? Is that the root? Is that the Jim and Pam of the music industry? That jingles have... The uh, jingles are bad. They're like aggressively on purpose bad. Kind of like how Starbucks burns their coffee. Right. Be, which to is on purpose. Because it stays consistent. Because yeah. it's easier to have a consistent product that is flawed uh-huh. than it is to have a consistent product that is good. Yes. Because also they're seeking consistency because they want like world traveling, uh, like go-getter... Americans to be able to be in, uh, you know, uh, Berlin and get the same Starbucks as they're getting in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Right. Because consistency above all else is what the system can offer Uh a human being. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there is a innate, like, our living being a living being on earth is hard. Right. And so there's a draw towards this consistency because that was never available and it was always kind of like the goal was to just be more stable, I think, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is that the brain rewards both. I mean, the brain rewards consistency and the brain also rewards novelty. Right, because risk-taking means finding new pathways. But it's also... It doesn't, it doesn't, because finding new yeah. paths, it's like a, a necessary, and then it's also like you're the first one to try this berry, and you find out it's poisonous. Right. Well, but, I mean, we, but the brain chemistry does reward both behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the 
you know, society, the system that we exist in now is hyper focused on consistency over novelty. But then I think the problem is that consistency only works on a micro time scale. It doesn't work on a macro time scale because right. the earth is warming. You right. know? Right. Like like <laughs> there's there's these and even if it wasn't, like even if it wasn't global warming happening, even there's something like, is changing. Something's changing, always gonna be changing in the macro ecosystem. Um and uh like uh, an asteroid's gonna come, uh, you know. All think th- there's gonna be a flare from the sun. Whatever new issue, uh, the volcano will explode. Something, you know. The we're in too huge of a system to yeah. have control over the consistency of that. I mean, they say that's like kind of like how they rank, um, like what a stage one a civilization stage civil- yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's stage two and stage three stage one is control over the weather and we don't have that still right so say we're at like but a stage what we can point control seven. is that the coffee is burnt no matter where you go uh-huh. and that the jingles are bad no matter where you go <laughs> consistency yeah well and i think that this band um pixie is it's just that i think that it's a good example of we're not even saying we're not like looking for something that has to be like unlistenably weird right. and something like I, this. It's not even weird to the point where I, I have lots of reference points. I, I don't think that this is something I haven't heard. It doesn't sound like an alien made this music. It sounds like it, it could have been like what I was saying in the soundtrack of a, uh, a movie from the nineties. It, it's just good. Yeah. And it sounds like a personal it, piece of art and what's really interesting i think that what like sets it above a lot of those things that are just kind of like you know there's approximately a thousand bands that are just trying to sound like whole right now probably uh, more and um and because it's that they're pulling from one specific reference like when a psych rock band just goes like we like revolver uh-huh. and that's it one specific reference to, to the point where it feels like plagiarism, you know? Yes. Pixie's grabbing from a wider range. It's of, an amalgamation. Yeah, yeah, it's an amalgamation. And you can hear, um, because she is a guitarist, like mm-hmm. she's playing all of the guitar, and there are so many little personal licks and um, like touches and flourishes that feel like um, it's not just a paint-by-numbers uh, effort. Yeah. A- and that's like throughout the catalog. And that's what I find truly, truly like spe- And that's all it takes. Yeah. You know, like so you have put in uh, one unit of personality and then I can, you know, I can jam to it. Yeah. I can jam to it forever. So there's a catalog. There's a back catalog too to dig yeah, into. There's a couple of EPs, some singles. The first full length is coming out. Um, the. The really interesting thing in the backstory that I want to talk about, yeah, near death experience. Ooh. So, in um, timelines a little bit murky because these interviews are all happening like during coronavirus. So sometime in 2019, 2020, uh, Pixie got a viral infection, like a freak, like you know, oh, I'm just inside you, uh, uh-huh. like spinal. <laughs> Um, spinal spinal viral infection okay and wound up in and just they were like uh home back with their parents like uh like you know how how old is uh uh, she's like early 20s okay and so she's like 1920 like just back home to visit the parents Mm -hmm. gets sick starts to feel crummy and then goes from crummy to like the doctors are saying uh, she's not going to make it. Wow. You know? Yeah. In how long? Like days? A week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Just like the quick. Um, and then wow. pulls out of it. She is alive. Uh-huh. Uh, but Evidently. <laughs> that, uh, that experience is what she uh, ascribes her dedication to making music to. That, like, from that moment onwards, there is just a full switch that, uh, you know, it was music was a thing that was kind of fun or like, oh, maybe I'm going to give this a go. 
to just like, this is all I do. Nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. Like the full realization that, you know, life is short, life is fleeting. And what's the point of doing something that I don't want to fully commit to? Yeah. That's, I mean, so, okay. What was she doing? She was like balancing music and balancing like work, school, life. You, you know the uh-huh. normal thing you know i'm gonna i'm gonna try to like have my normal life and then have i'm gonna my have my music life yeah don't put all your eggs in one basket oh but you gotta put every egg in one basket it's yeah. the only way to do it i have a, i mean so that phrase actually haunts me because that was a thing that was said to me by right. someone um <laughs> who does not need to be named on this podcast nice but don't put all your eggs in one basket um was is something that i think people yeah, I mean, it seems like good advice. Well, it is good advice for playing it safe. Right. Because you will not end up totally fucked. Right. If you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, but I also think much like um, just trying to stoically s- cut out the lows and the highs, you have missed out on a huge part of living. Yeah. Um, you got to just risk it. Yeah, but so in in contrast to the don't put all your eggs in one basket um, phrase that was said to me <laughs> at, at a very pivotal point where I was just graduating college and trying to figure yeah. out what my next steps were, my grandpa, who I, I look up to a lot, who is love Grandpa Joe, yeah, Papa Joe, um, he has lived, he li- he's dead now, but he lived quite a life and is a character of all characters and was very successful. And I remember talking, he he was like. He didn't do, he had not, doesn't do anything in the arts, nothing in music or anything like that. And um, by all means, you would think as someone who was like more businessy and that he would not have taken what I was doing seriously. But he basically was like, if you love it, don't have to it. Yep. He Uh, was like, uh, I mean, he said, jump in the lake, drown or reach the other side. I'm a big fan of fail big and fail fast uh-huh. is the, you know, just like speed run it. Right. Just see. Yeah. You know? Well, so it's cool to see. I'm, I'm sure there's some musical growth happening then if you go back oh, deeper. yeah, for sure. Yeah, over the time. Yeah, these, uh, there are three singles out right now and they're all like top of the line. And um, the other stuff is like nice and catchy, but the overall uh, product is, you know, it better yeah it better uh-huh. good old little virus <laughs> but what kind of virus you don't know it's just viral like infection terrifying just, you know yeah I mean, that is a thing that can happen of course you know yeah ah wow well um that's really inspiring that you know it's it's a bummer that you need to almost die was there like um was there like a near death experience described in the like level so of So I can't out of I body? can't find a pixie near death experience like oh shimmering lights uh-huh. but I do have some others. Okay. Is that our sec- if the I second if I led half. us to the You've second led half? led us to the second half. It's like we've done this 18 to 18, 19 times. 19 times. So uh I've got there is the general concept of like a near death experience, yeah. you know, like oh, floating lights. Um, I'm out of I'm my out body. Of body. I'm describing stuff from above, and I would say I was just I was actually just it's kind of we got a little synchronicity. I was just talking about this with someone recently, and um, I was I was offering my skepticism. To yes, it, as I do as the resident bummer oh i do think that there has to be because there is like the like i met my like grandpa or something it's like that's just your brain firing off bro yeah i feel like you're just tripping hard on some you're tripping so hard but but there are some like there's some weird ones where it's like i'm hovering above and i can describe something about like what was happening with the surgery or like who the person who's in the room and where they were at and they're like People say those are details that there's no way that person would could have known. Right. Yeah. Little, get a little chills. What's happening? What's I love going some, on? I love some ooky spooky. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And within the like the world of near that death experiences, there has been some cataloging by a Doctor Funk, literally. Amazing. Uh, Doctor Joel Funk. I feel like people just get into this 
Like they know. They yeah. know it's gonna be a zinger of a name. Dr. Funk. Dr. Funk. Um has cataloged like a thousand near death experiences and within fifty percent of them people describe like hearing music. According to Dr. Funk, who may or may not be a good source, but his name is Dr. Funk. I'm so, in. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm sold. Okay. Uh and you know, the music that they hear like veers towards a uh uh, kind of like new age uh, synthesizer shit, uh, which. Well, but what were they? Okay, so I mean, we can't answer this questions, but like, what what did people hear before since it existed? You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We did don't it, know. We don't know. Well, maybe. Are there maybe, ancient maybe, writings maybe. of near death experiences where people? Yeah. Describe... Fact check me. Well, I'm just yeah. Okay. Uh, this right is just in. the work of Doctor Funk. Doctor Funk, defend yourself. Defend your thesis. Uh-huh. You are a doctor. Well, I just am always curious about how how um, phenomenon changes oh, phenomena, over, like they, correlating that is thing, with is, uh, what's happening in the supernatural day. phenomena. Generally, does correlate to whatever the predominant technology Which is of the time super is. fascinating to me i think that it's cool well you could so there are kind of two arguments there like one of which is that like people are just making stuff up or their brain is fabricating right. something almost certainly that is based off of whatever it is that they are experiencing within the real world sure seems like on it. the other part of that give me the ookie spooky would be that whatever supernatural occurrence is happening it's so outside of the human experience Mm -hmm. that the only way you could describe it is using your parlance of the times. yes okay i I mean i'm i'm on board with both i think it's it you know yeah i mean one interesting uh, interpretation i lean towards uh skepticism but it is worth you know sure if something really fucking freaky happened to me I'd probably only be able to relate it in, uh, you know, whatever it is that I already know. Uh huh. So yeah, maybe I'll, that's it. I'll play along. So we'll tell me, Doctor Funk. Doctor Funk, new agey, you know, like you know, he plays like different things. It's like, oh, is it? Did the music sound oh, like he this? Plays the he synth plays the and he tries to find the sound of death. Yeah, or you know, he plays like from a catalog of music and goes like, "Did it sound like this? Did it sound like this? Did it sound like this?" And then they go, "It's this one," and then they cry. <gasps> I just, Im- <laughs> I just imagine, you know, when you just like pull up like the Arturia synth uh-huh. pack, and you're just like clicking through presets, <laughs> and he's death. like, "Is it this? Is it this? Is it?" This? <laughs> <laughs> Did I did I find death? Okay, so what so, what is the sound of death? Is there a, does everyone agree on a similar? It, it does lean towards. Uh, so where we get into uh, something kind of interesting is that um, the works of uh, Steve Roach, mm-hmm. um, who like ambient synthesizer dude. Yeah, you know, eighties uh, uh, kind of like the the yin to Brian and Eno's yang. Like if you thought that Brian Eno was a little too hype, Steve Roach is your dude. Huh. And uh so Steve Roach's career started because he was a professional uh motocross driver. Okay. Like he raced motorcycles, okay, in the desert. He's an LA guy. That's uh, an LA guy kind of job. Yeah. <laughs> so he's twenty years old. And he's just doing like a like a practice run. He's just like going through the desert, you know. Sure. Driving fast on his motorcycle. As you do. Not a musician. He uh biffs it and winds up just alone in the desert dying for two hours. Wait, like he 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 falls so bad that he's dying, or it's because it's like hot. And yeah, he's a, no, he's a motorcycle crash. Okay. Yeah, you know they're uh-huh. bad. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, he does. He gets like you know, rescued and all mm-hmm. of that. But he is uh, he's dying uh, yeah. from a motorcycle crash. And then uh, from that moment forward, he's like, I do music now. You know, partly because no more motorcycle, but also he feels like he's been spiritually called to it through his near death experience. 
that's interesting. And then yeah. the music that people hear sounds like they the music he makes. They think it sounds uh, specifically Structures of Silence, his 1984 album, which he does attribute to, like, this is, I'm trying to reach out to that desert-like innerscape that I uh, experienced during my accident. Uh, and so in Dr. Funk's research, the that album in particular is what people feel like is, uh, you know, the most like what they experienced in their near-death experience. Bizarre. Have you heard that album? Yeah, totally. It's a classic. How, what, what do you feel about it? Uh, I mean, it is an Oberheim uh that pan- it's it's basic i mean it is it is beautiful it, uh-huh. and the the title track is like 25 minutes long and it's mostly it, it's two chords that like go like there's the one on the left and then it's over on the right slightly like revoiced and then like some like a uh, like sh- effects like come in and out so and it you, is an experience. You had, I mean, would you consider when you got that concussion and were in the hospital, was that near death? That would be considered near death. Yeah. Did you hear anything? No. Not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah. I mean, in fact, it kind of f- it messed if, up your yeah. hearing in general that you couldn't hear fr- certain frequencies for a while after, right? Yeah. I couldn't hear them, like, correctly. It was like, um, it was impossible to parse certain parts of the spectrum. Like, they wouldn't. Um, it it's like uh, they didn't. This is uh, this is hard to describe, but it's uh-huh. like uh, um, certain sounds, like say, like a guitar and a voice. Yeah. Okay, because it's like uh, like a big Zeppelin fan, so it's uh-huh. like okay, I go to Zeppelin, and it was very very hard to distinguish, like uh, the the difference between instruments, like within. Uh, like so, like the thing that makes the different uh, tonality, yeah, was not coming through. It wasn't coming through, and it was also hard to locate things in space, huh. like left-right differential. Yeah. Um, so maybe it depends where you get bonked. Maybe what it's kind a, of what kind of bonk. Yeah. And then that said, uh, I mean, the brain is cool uh, in that, like, through just like training and listening, that is no longer a problem. But it was for. A few years. Yeah, I mean, on the boring side of thing, that that's like why I, um, I'm lean towards the. It's just all going on in the hardware. For and without sure, the hardware. There's no software. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. You know. Right. No one knows. We don't know. But I'm just saying that the the fact that you can bonk at a different place, bonka brain right, right, and right. get a different outcome points towards a hardware problem it does yeah to me i'm but, no i'm no scientist i'm but no doctor maybe Funk. i wasn't dying enough right maybe you weren't close enough maybe i wasn't close enough to the edge you're fine you're here i'm fine yeah hmm. uh so <laughs> i so that's like the that's the tale of steve roach uh-huh um and then there is another funny one uh, or not funny, Jesus Christ! <laughs> a fun one. Okay. I guess it's not even fun. Is this a bad um, story? You're gonna tell me a bad story now? No, I mean it does. It has a happy ending. Okay. These all have happy endings. Well, because they're all not dead. They're all not dead. Near story. death. Right. Um, uh, Tony Kofi, who is now like a, uh, like a successful jazz band leader. Mm-hmm. Um, again in the UK, uh, with like some BBC accolades. Uh, stuff like that. He grew up in a like a second generation uh, family in England, and there was always music, uh, like in the household, but it never played an instrument. Okay, you know, but like lots of just like you know, uh, specifically like kind of like bebop records, just constantly playing. Um, it's the late '60s, you know, they're hip. And when he was 16, he was working as a construction worker. And he was doing roofing. And he's like, I love roofing. I'm a construction worker. I'm a contractor. This is what I'm going to do forever. I just love it so much that uh, when he's on the job 
and it's lunchtime. He's like, hey, boss, I love roofing so much. Can I just keep on roofing like during lunch break? This is the least realistic part of the story. Yeah. It's no. not the whatever's going to happen when he trips out and nearly dies. It's <laughs> it's going to be the <laughs> no, he who loved loves roof. roofing. He loved roofing. And, and right. the boss was like, OK, this? but be careful. OK. Uh, and this is this is all a direct quote mm-hmm. from Tony, you know. This is straight. This is primary source. All right. He loves. He loved roofing. He okay. Was Sixteen. What are you uh, gonna do? And he was sawing away, uh, at like a bad board. But then he was on the board. Whoops! Sawed himself through the roof. Oh God. So, what he describes is that, um, you know, he's falling like a few stories, and time slows down, and he just starts. Um, experiencing time in a whole new way uh, and is like seeing visions. He sees visions of what uh, he thinks would be his future children uh, and he sees himself playing saxophone like as he's falling. Uh-huh. And that's th- those are like his primary things. He's like, I got kids and I'm playing saxophone. He's never played a saxophone before. Uh-huh. You know, he's uh, he's never thought about playing music before, but he sees himself older playing saxophone, and, you know, he's falling. He falls, blam, and he is out for, like, five days. Uh, wakes up in the hospital, and, you know, he doesn't realize the time has passed at all, but everyone's like, thought you were dead, Tony. Yeah. Uh, but... In the weeks following, he every time he closes his eyes, again, hardware problem, he's seeing visions, you know, but he's having the same vision of himself, like playing saxophone. And he feels like it's like an out of time thing. Yes. So he's feeling, uh, he's feeling like it's mystical yeah. to a degree. So he. I mean, who says that time only flows the way that it appears to? Right, exactly. I'm I'm more down for that than anything. So he's out of time. All right. Okay, he's, he's Billy, unstuck. He's Billy Pilgrimin all over the place, uh-huh. and he just makes the decision that he has to. He's compelled to make the vision a reality. So at age sixteen, seventeen, he goes, "I'm going to learn saxophone," and his parents are like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Absolutely not. They want him back on the roof? You know? Well, yeah. I mean, he was making good money, and he had a job, and he was good at it, and he liked it. Uh Uh, But he was like, I'm not going on the roof. I'm playing saxophone. Um, And he used, like, his uh, workman comp money to buy a saxophone. His parents were like, okay, we're not going to pay for lessons uh, because we cannot afford it. But here is a whole stack of records. Learn to play them. Go. And then he spends like four years just practicing nonstop to try and learn how to play uh, jazz, mm-hmm. you know? And basically, it's really bad for like a while. But then he actually gets good at it, mm-hmm. teaches himself by ear, uh, winds up uh, applying for university in England. All of the British universities are like, no, you don't have, where's your. Uh, you know, where all the music tests that you're supposed to do when you're 10, right, you right, know, yeah. we won't do it. Uh-huh. So he applies to Berkeley in America, gets in at age 24, studies jazz for like 10 years. And now he is a successful jazz saxophonist. He's got kids? I don't know. <laughs> it probably does. That's yeah. the easy. That's, that on, that's the, easier yeah. to do than be a successful jazz. It is. It is easier. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that is a happy ending. It's a happy ending. He did it. It's a good one. Yeah. He saw himself playing saxophone, and he did it. Yeah, I mean, if anything, whether or not it's really you being unstuck in time and whether or not, like, I don't even think that necessarily matters. What matters is, like, I mean, maybe it would be cool to know. It'd be cool. What, what is happening if your consciousness is traveled or if it is just you tripping hard. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think that uh materially it actually matters when the outcome is just that it um reorganizes your priorities which is sort of what it did to our pixie Pixie. yeah yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. i do think i mean i think that that is the i agree that the true power of knowing that you are mortal is to fully 
take stock of what your priorities in life are. So we're working on the second Summer Like the Season album. Tireless, tirelessly. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that mean that we are absent of tired? We are tired. We are. I mean, we, I, I'm very excited about it. Oh, I'm so excited about we it. We are. But I am allowing it to just drain my life force. Yes, absolutely. Every uh, day. Every it, day. I've been just letting it eat every part yes. of my um, attention and consciousness. Uh, um, the album is a succubus. Yeah, and I love it. I love I it. Allow I allow it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it is, I mean, it is destroy. It, it's, de- it's destroying my existence. <laughs> it's basically uh, all I can think about. And anytime I, you know, my friends haven't seen me. And when they do see me, they're like, hey, can we hang out? I haven't seen you in months. And I'm like, uh, you want to talk about the, my, my album? Because I can only think about it. It's the only thing. Um, I sat at your house for seven hours the other day. Just, just waiting, waiting for, for a, a base. base. Yeah. And we still haven't received that no, base. No, it's not um, here. This is an official call out to USPS. Uh, no, um, UPS. UPS. Get it Apologies, right. Apologies, USPS. You are not the, uh, you are Perpetrator. fine. Yeah. But <laughs> we are waiting time. for a base to come in the mail um, so that we can record some, re-record um, some of the base, base parts. <laughs> and that, that really, that occupies a whole lot of the brain. Uh, but also I am thinking about the overdub process yeah like a lot uh-huh um and so so what we want to do is have all of the foundational things laid out for the album and then relook at every single track and see what needs to get punched up redone what we can do to bring in like different uh, sounds and feels for each track to make yeah, it special I think even more than relook at every track uh Specifically, oh, it's, it's re-look at, at every moment. Yeah. Yes, every moment of bar every track. Bar by bar. Um, every moment in the temporal space. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm having a thought, and I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk through it. Dangerous. So we have, uh, you know, a whole collection of additional instruments um, here. We have synthesizers, we have violins, we have uh, guitars, a melodica. Now, the melodica is not here. It's at the cabin in the woods. The melodica is at the cabin. Yes. So what I'm thinking through is, on the one hand, we have this whole fully featured studio at our total disposal Mm -hmm. with everything in it. You built it with your hands. Right. Took like six years. Yeah, yeah. It took a really long time. Uh, and we certainly have to mix the album here, and we certainly had to do the drums here. Do we want to do the overdubs at the cabin, since we have to do the melodica there? Yes. Do we... Yes. We, we have to we bring all of our shit. Uh-huh. We have to like load up a tour van uh-huh. of shit. Well, okay. Do you mean do we want to do the bass as well there, or you no, just no, not mean... that. No, the okay, bass is here. What, bass the bass has. I to was going to say no to yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Everything else, yes, I think we do. I and think I think that it. we could. So the benefit we're weigh- we're weighing. Um. Because yeah. you wanted to talk about this is was an existential question. This is an existential. The benefit question. of doing everything here is that everything is here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Except for the melodica, which is at the cabin. But right. every other thing is here. And by that means like the nice preamps, the board, the nice speakers, the, um, you know, all the instruments, everything else. Um, but, but there the is vibe. something to, I think the vibe matters more than. Um, for overdubs. The vibe for just changing headspace. Yeah. For going like I'm going fully into another headspace that is um because like I am not I'm not like a I'm not into the like metaphysical whatever except for when it does involve I think that where where you're at as far as like 
mental engagement. Like we've yeah. been giving our souls over to just thinking about eternally like working on this album. And th- that involves just making everyone around you kind of like uncomfortable and it starts to add up over time. Yeah. Because uh you just start being like, wow, I'm not connecting with the the people around me. So I think we get to this point where it's like you either are going to um, take a break from that and connect back to everyone or run away right. to the woods right. where there's full no committal. one yeah. full commit just even deeper. Even I lean deeper. towards that. I I feel like I'm leaning, because I've been thinking about it a lot, because it will be a huge pain in the ass. Uh-huh. Uh, but I feel like it's worth it. Yeah, I I do too. I just think that the headspace that comes from ultimate detaching. I mean, I was talking to the person that I'm collaborating with on a track um, f- about how like St. Vincent did a, a cabin retreat when right. she was working on one of her records. And I do, I think that like just removing yourself from your surroundings especially in this moment of zooming out, like everything's written, most yep. of the core things are recorded. It's just, um, there needs to be like grooming. Yeah. It needs to get reimagined. It needs to get repackaged. It needs to get... Um, and how are we going to reimagine it in, in the, the same, same space, space that yeah. we've been listening to uh-huh. I- for the last like 20 weeks? Right. You know, D- would we actually get something better out of doing out of removing ourselves from where we've been i think probably yes even if just for a few days yeah i think probably yes i think probably yes i think that there is something i mean i think there's steps to um descending into madness you know yeah that um i think quitting your job and fully focusing all of your energies towards a thing is already did that yeah it's like probably the hardest hurdle because you have to figure out financially how you can do that but um because of some amazing grants that summer like the season has received uh that has uh enabled that the the quitting of job to fully focus but then a whole other lev- level is the quitting of life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm about to go play frisbee golf with a friend. And that's lovely, and I'm excited to do that. But if I were in the woods, I couldn't. What couldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. No frisbee. I think that we might need to fully focus on the album. Yeah. So we have to pack up. And go to the woods. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's settled. That's the podcast. Is that the podcast? Um, if you have a band that we should be listening to, are we messing up and you're like, I keep listening to this and I want you to talk about this band. Um, I know this band. Why don't you know this band? Well, tell us what the band is and we'll talk about it. You know? Come on. <laughs> Just email <laughs> I don't heart radio pod at gmail.com subject line near death band. Near Death Band. Near Death Band. Um, write us in. Follow us on uh, Instagram at I Don't Heart Radio Pod. I'm at Summer Like the Season Music. And I'm at a ton of underscore mastering. We'll see you next week. How could you be so-